the summer season. And as you know, I've been on, I'm still on the Old Testament, I haven't left it, dealing with the kings. But uh, today I want to address something that uh, seems like we all know it, and we probably do, but we need to be reminded. And I've titled the message, The Question of Jesus' Identity. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Somebody say, well, we already know that. We are familiar. We know who he is. True, you do. But why is the question important? Because, you know, things you are familiar with, sometimes you need to be reminded or you need to be told anew. So why is it important? Well, I believe it will strengthen believers' faith. I believe it will be a reason for unbelievers to consider him. And Jesus himself thought that that question was important. And he asked it at least twice. And um, so that's another reason. In fact, John wrote a whole gospel, and then he, he summarized it with one statement about the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And last week, if you remember, we were told that we need to have, that is is for us and is with us, so we need to know who is for us and who is with us. And um, the entire scripture, the entire scripture or doctrine points to him. You remember on the road to Emmaus, he said uh, he went back to the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. The whole scripture, he used it to reveal the things concerning himself. So his identity is important, and uh, we have to be clear because we lived in a world where so many people are confused about Jesus Christ. And so we are going to look at that. So let's pray. Lord, I ask that you guide my thoughts and my words and help me to be clear and that the message will be a blessing to the believers that are here this morning. I thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. We pray that the non-believers will come to know Jesus as their Savior as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 1, and I like to read Colossians chapter 1, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse... 15, he writes this about Jesus Christ. He says, he is, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones 
or dominions or principalities or power. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. I'm sure you notice the phrase that is repeated often in that passage. Can somebody please tell me? All. All. All is repeated. So I'd like to read it again, and then I want you to... Paul is saying here that Jesus is God. That's the thrust of the message this morning. Because we live in a world where there's lots of confusion. And I'll try to show that from the scriptures, that Jesus Christ is God. So he says, verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. The God that cannot be seen was seen. Jesus Christ is God. And then he says, the firstborn over all creation. And then he goes on, for by him, the Lord Jesus, all things were created. The things that fascinate us, the stars, the galaxies, the molecules, all of those things that scientists get so fascinated about, we see them on the microscope or we see them with telescope and then we say, wow, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. Visible, the ones we can see, and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, he may have the preeminence or the first place. Notice, it, all things, he may have the first place. John writes, telling us about the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. All things were made through him. And John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Lord Jesus Christ was the word in the beginning, or God himself, and he became flesh and dwells among us. Now, in John chapter 1, or John chapter uh, 1 as well, if we go down, in John chapter 1, a lot of things is said about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Philip and Nathaniel had a meeting. So I'd like to read verse 44 or 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip 
and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Philip. Philip found Nathanael and asked him, or said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how, did you, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him. So now listen to what Nathanael says to Jesus. Rabbi, he calls him Rabbi, that's teacher. And he adds, you are the son of God. And he adds, you are the king of Israel. The son of God and the king of Israel. The son of God and the Messiah. That's what Nathaniel said. Now I'd like to take you to another passage. Now I'm going to talk about Jesus as God and the person I'm going to use is going to be Peter as a prop just because he has encounters with the Lord. But I want to first establish some other encounters before I get there. So I'm going to run very quickly through my passages. John chapter 11. I'm sure it was mentioned this morning when Martha met Jesus Christ because his, her brother Lazarus was dead. That was mentioned. And uh, that was mentioned this morning. So Jesus stayed away for a while and later showed up. When he showed up, because they sent for him, he didn't show up on time. When he showed up, Martha met Jesus. I want you to go with me to John 11, verse 20. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming and went and met him, we are familiar with this story, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, notice what she calls him, Lord, Lord. The name that was given to him at birth is Jesus, but Martha refers to him here as Lord. If you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So there's a distinction in Martha's mind between God and the Lord Jesus at this stage. So he says, Lord, I know even if you ask God, God will give you. Then Jesus said to him, your brother will rise again. And Martha comes up with correct doctrine, correct theology. She says, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's correct doctrine, correct theology. But correct doctrine and correct theology must lead to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me 
shall never die. Do you believe this? What does Martha say? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe you are the Christ. That's the Messiah. And she adds, the Son of God who is to come into the world. That was what Nathaniel said. Nathaniel said, you are the King of Israel and the Son of God. The Messiah and the Son of God. Jesus, you are. He's God. And uh, I'll skip through it. Um, well, let's not skip through it because uh, our good friend Thomas encountered the Lord. And remember, Thomas was one of his disciples. And when Jesus died and came back to life, the first time he appeared to the disciples, Thomas was missing. And so they told him, we've seen the Lord. And he said he's looking for things more than just being told. He wants to see things for himself. He wants to put his hands there. He, wants to, he said, I won't believe. And so on one of those days, Jesus showed up. John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the door being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. Now, I read somewhere that there is, has only been one resurrection. All the other ones that were raised to life were just resuscitation. Because when you are resurrected, you pass through doors, you pass through windows. You don't, uh, the body is transformed. When the Lord Jesus came back to life, unique. Because the doors were being shut, everything was being closed, and yet he showed up. And I think that's what will happen when believers get the new body at the rapture. But that's a distraction from the main message. So he showed up. And he said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hands here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Listen, look at what Thomas said. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. He's referring to Jesus as God. And Jesus is not objecting to this. He's not saying, oh, whoa, 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 wait. There was a time when Paul healed a man and the man said, the gods have come here. So the people came and bowed down to him and Paul said, no. In fact, they tore their clothes and said, man, you can't do that. We are not God. But Jesus accepted this title from Thomas. Thomas called him my Lord and my God. And in that chapter, let's look at John chapter 20. Verse 20, it says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in the book. Notice this. But these are written that you may believe. That you may believe what? That Jesus, which was the name that was given to him at birth, is the Christ, the King of Israel, and the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. Why? And that believing you may have life in his name. So the Lord Jesus is God. That's where I want to start. I want to make sure that that is clear, that whatever thing else is said this morning, 
that you will not miss that, that that is clear. Now, in a world today, people tell us so many things about the Lord. A good man, a great teacher, um, one who lived a great life, a good moral example. Now, all of those descriptions are inadequate. In fact, if you want to know a cult, the question to ask is, what do you think of the Lord Jesus Christ? The answer you get from the person will tell you whether the person is, knows the scriptures or is a believer or not. Take any cult of any form, any form of any shape of any color or any other religion, take them and ask that question. Any answer short of the fact that Jesus is God gives you a picture of where they belong. And so this is important. As we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to remember that he's God. When he was being baptized in Matthew chapter 3 by John the Baptist, you recall that after he came out of the water, what did God say? In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Son of God, it's important that we keep that in mind. And when he went into the desert to be tempted by the devil, what was the question that the devil asked him? Do you remember? If you are what? The Son of God. Twice the devil asked him that. If you are the Son of God, do this and do that. And Jesus, on one of those occasions, at least on one of the questions, he said this. When the devil asked him, he says, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God only, and him only shalt thou serve. He didn't respond the way the devil wanted him to respond. Now, as I study the scriptures, and I, I'm flipping very quickly because I'm hoping I can get to Peter, you know, to talk about him. I see a leper in Matthew chapter 8 coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see this, so that you, at least you see this in your scripture. Matthew chapter 8. A leper came to him. And I'd like to read the very first verse. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came. What did the leper do? The next thing. And worshipped him. Only God deserves to be worshipped. No other person can be worshipped. The leper worshipped him, and then he declared God. Jesus didn't say, no, don't worship me, but he allowed the leper to worship him, saying, Lord. So he called him Lord on that occasion. And uh, in another occasion here, Matthew chapter 8, in verse 23, the disciples were in a boat, and Jesus was sleeping, and while he was sleeping, there was storm. In verse 26, then the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be? 
that even the winds and the storm obeyed him. In that same chapter, the Lord Jesus proceeds and moves on and then he meets a man that had two demons. And what did the demons say? In verse 29. And suddenly they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus? Jesus. And then they added, you son of God. The Lord Jesus is God. And that's important. We need to understand from scriptures. Now, some didn't believe that he was, but some did as well. And we get to Peter shortly. But Jesus did ask this question of Peter, of the disciples, and he also did ask this question of the people that were not his disciples. And I'd like you to turn with me. Let's start with this passage now. The message is just starting, but we'll finish on time. Believe me. Matthew chapter 22. The Matthew chapter 22 is the chapter of questions. To pay taxes to Caesar. That was their question. The Sadducees asked a question. What about the resurrection? And then the scribe asked a question. Which is the first commandment or the greatest commandment? So, and all of these questions were directed to one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he answered them accurately and he answered them well. So Jesus then turned around and asked a question. Verse 44. Of 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. You remember in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 7. God promised David a son that would sit on his throne forever. The son of David. So they were partially right. And Jesus came from that lineage. The son of man. Then the Lord, then he said to them, another question. How then does David in the spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord... Jehovah said to my, that's David's Lord, Adonai, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. It was generally understood that the second Lord referred to the person of David. So Jesus was asking them, if the Messiah is the son of If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Verse 46 says, And no one was able to answer him a word. Nor from that day on did anyone dare question 
him anymore. The question of the Lord. Now this question, if you like, was also directed to Peter and the disciples. This question was also directed to them. And I want you to see with me the question as it is being asked. Now, I'm looking at time, and I'm afraid that uh, you would like to go and enjoy the sun. So I go to Matthew chapter 16. It's the same question. The same question, but now being asked a disciple. He says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? It's the same question that he asked the scribe, saying, what do you think of the Messiah? Because you see the answer of Peter shortly. So they said, some say, you are John the Baptist. Others say that you are Elijah, and others say that you are Jeremiah. This was like conducting, if you like, a Gallup poll to find out what people were saying about Jesus. According to the disciples, some, or is it Angus Reed? How do you say it in Canada? Or Ipso, or whatever opinion poll is being carried out. I get called all the time on opinion polls. So some said it was John the Baptist. John spoke about repentance and Jesus did the same. Some say it was Elijah. Elijah performed miracles and Jesus did the same. Some say Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet of his day and Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Or if they missed it out, they say one of the other prophets. The people did not specify, but they felt Jesus was very much like one of them. These descriptions may be favorable, but they are not adequate. They didn't say anything evil or bad about him. They did, said he was one of the good guys of the old days. That's what they said, but they are not adequate. So Jesus asked his disciples, but who do you say I am? Note, before we read what Peter said, Jesus did not comment on the public opinion, but asked his disciples, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are, what? The Christ and the son of the living God. Now, Nathaniel has said the same thing. Martha has said the same thing. And Peter is saying the same thing here. Jesus is both the Messiah and is also God. The son of David and the son of God. The son of David, he had to be man to die. But it's also had to be God for his death to be adequate. So it's both. 
And it's important that we understand that. Now, notice also, when Peter said that, what did Jesus say? Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. A revelation that comes from heaven. I'd like to suggest to you that it takes God for a man to recognize who Jesus is. It takes the spirit of God walking in the heart of a man for him to see that Jesus is more than a man. That is God. And it was God that revealed it to Peter. And it takes the spirit for it to be revealed. So the Lord revealed that to Peter. And um, that was what he said. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, it's important that we as believers understand that Jesus is not a mere man, but that he's God. So that when we say that, when he says, I will be with you, or I am for you, we understand what it means. That it's not just a male man who is on our side or in our team, but God himself is the one that is with us and for us. It's important to understand as well that a man must accept Jesus as God for him to be saved. You cannot Say, well, he was a good man, he was all of that, but I'm, still, I'm yet I'm a believer. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Both the Christ and the Son of the living God. And that believing you may have life in his name. So salvation comes by believing that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. Now, I wanted to emphasize that this morning because we live in a world where we are told that all religions and all cults need to go. And when you stand up and say, no, 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 that's not correct, you, you, it's like the, the great level of our time is that we have to be tolerant. We have to be tolerant.
cause all that we need to know about me or about you, about this person. Any religion or any uh, association that doesn't acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, or God himself, so to speak, is a cult. At least, maybe you won't want to call them cult. They have deviated from the scriptures. And so we as believers must understand this and stand on solid ground. Now, I didn't give Matt this song, but we are going to sing it because I want to close. We will find it and we will sing it. And uh, it says, Thou Son of God, Eternal Word. Matt, the title of the song is, We Worship You, All Glorious Lord. That's the title. I don't know if you have it in your system. I do know for sure that it exists as number 129 in the black hymnal. So we will find it and we will pray. So and it, before we pray, I will ask you, who do you think the Lord Jesus Christ is? I only wanted to establish one fact this morning. So who is the Lord? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because he asked the question. God. He is God. It is that simple. And believe me, when you go out on the street or you go somewhere and then you make that statement, try and taste it and see what happens. He is God. And because we are his God, we are in the right side. That's why we know that when we say that our destiny is secure, when we say that our future, there's hope, we know that the one that is on our side is the one that made all things. The one that is with us is the one that controls all things. So we can be rest assured that nothing, nothing can harm us or nothing can take us away from us. So I want, that's all I wanted to emphasize this morning, that the Lord, that Jesus is God. I know we emphasize his sacrifice. And sometimes we think, well, the sacrifice goes. But you have to understand the sacrifice in light of the fact that he's God. Then you understand the value of that sacrifice. Great sacrifice. We found the song. So let's pray. Now, this song captures the message. If you don't remember what I said, meditate on the words as we sing. And uh, let your hearts be cheered as you declare, we worship the all-glorious Lord. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. So ponder on him and ascribe worship to him because he's the only one that deserves worship. Now, I said I will use Peter as prop. I do have lots of notes. But a preacher has to know when to stop. So I've did this, did this, that, and then came to the main message. Jesus is God and is worthy to be worshipped and praised. So Lord, we thank you this morning for your son. Help us to give him first place in our lives, in whatever we do. Help us to esteem him for who he is and to stand and boldly declare him and not be ashamed. Help us, Lord, to exalt Jesus as God. Thank you, Lord. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, Matt, you control it. So let's stand and sing together. Thou Son of God, eternal word, who heaven and earth foundations lay. that down.